It's time to meet the next generation of Columbus Blue Jackets. This is the Pipeline Podcast, presented by Ruoff Mortgage. Let's see who's coming down the pipeline today with your host, Dylan Tyre. What's going on? Great to be back for another edition of the Pipeline Podcast. And buckle up this week. We've got a long conversation, 30-plus minutes, with Blue Jackets prospect and Cleveland Monsters defenseman Marcus Bjork. Now, you might be thinking to yourself right now, who is Marcus Bjork? Well, that's why we're having this conversation. He's a guy that I didn't know a whole lot about. I'm sure that you don't know a whole lot about him, but there's a lot to know about Marcus Bjork. He's an interesting Blue Jackets prospect, an intriguing Blue Jackets prospect. They signed this guy on May 24th of 2022, so he hasn't been a part of the Blue Jackets organization very long. One-year entry-level contract, and right now he's playing with their AHL affiliate, the Cleveland Monsters. A little bit more about Marcus Bjork. Six foot three, 203-pound right shot to defenseman and this guy has taken the long route to North American pro hockey started off playing in his hometown of Umia Sweden with the junior clubs there then he went to Lulia the Swedish junior program of a professional team there over in the SHL made a brief leap to the USHL here in North America went back and played in Sweden's first tier league and then eventually became a Swedish pro played in the SHL the Swedish Hockey League for four seasons then he gets signed by the Blue Jackets now he's over here in North America playing with their AHL affiliate, the Cleveland Monsters. And he's off to a pretty darn good start this season. Five points in 10 games from the blue line. He's played in the first pair. The second pair really moved around a lot so far. Two goals, three assists in his first 10 games, and he's still getting adjusted to the North American style, playing on the smaller ice. But we're going to hear all about it. This is a guy that's continuing to get more and more comfortable up in Cleveland, getting more and more comfortable in the United States. But he's really, really interesting. Like I said, a guy who took the long way to North American pro hockey, and it was his dream all along. He stuck with it, tried different things, and here he is still chasing the dream. A guy that plays with a chip on his shoulder, and a guy that could potentially have a future with the Columbus Blue Jackets. So let's hear all about him and get right into it. Without further ado, here he is, Blue Jackets prospect and Cleveland Monsters defenseman Marcus Bjork. All right, Marcus, so let's start somewhere very simple. This is where I start with everybody that I talk to. How did you get into the game of hockey? I know it's a big deal in Sweden, but how did you get into the sport? Uh, my father bring me to an uh, ice hockey rink when I was three years old. Uh, so it started with uh, pretty early. Started to like hockey. Uh, all my buddies back home in Sweden started to play too. So it was right on it when, when I was younger. So... I've been playing all my life. Was your dad a hockey player or was he just a hockey fan and wanted to get you into it? Yes, a hockey fan to get me into it. Uh, he was uh, my coach when I was younger too with uh, all my buddies. So I think it started uh, right there. All right. Did he fall in love with the NHL, do you know, or was he more into uh, the Swedish league? Like, it, How did he fall in love with the game? I think it was uh, like all the battles and uh, just the sport of hockey, like a fast sport. and. Uh, uh, of course, we watch NHL too and uh, Swedish Hockey League. Uh, of course, with the time change, it's pretty hard to watch like live, but uh, you can see all the highlights and the games after the day after. All right, then let me ask you: When you were a young kid there and wanted to become a pro hockey player and things like that, 
Who did you look up to? Were you watching some of those NHL highlights and had different players that you were picking out and a favorite team maybe that you watched? Or were you all about the Swedish league? Because I'm really interested in that. The guys from different countries that have big time pro leagues, you know, Finland, Sweden, you look up to those guys, right? And have a favorite team, but are there NHL guys or NHL teams that you were watching? Oh yeah, I was watching Alex Ovechkin when I was younger, uh, Niklas Lidström, a big defenseman from Sweden. Yeah, had a pretty good, pretty good years over here. Uh, Eric Carlson too, uh, Thomas Sellen too, a Swedish kid, a Swedish forward. Uh, a lot of guys uh, looked up to and uh, trying to follow and see the highlights and uh, trying to see some games too. So was it more players that you were interested in rather than maybe you had a favorite NHL team? Was that fair to say? Yeah, exactly. Okay. What about Swedish hockey? Did you have a Swedish hockey team or hockey team that you followed or were you more about players over there? Were you just, did you just care about the NHL? Uh, care about the NHL. This is like the boys dream to come over here, uh, chasing the dream and, uh, of course, I started to follow some Sweden hockey teams too. Like my home team, Björklöven, is a big uh, team in Sweden. A lot of fans and uh, good history. Yeah. So uh, from my hometown, yeah. so that was one of the teams like I was watching every night I could when I was playing home. All right, then tell me about becoming a hockey player. You're a defenseman now. You've got a lot of size, but. How did it start out for you? You obviously get into the sport when you're a little kid. Were you a defenseman right away? Did you try forward? Did you try goalie at all? And when did you kind of really fall in love with hockey and realize it was something you wanted to do? Yeah, when I was young, I was forward. Uh, when I was really young, I, wa- I wanted to be a goalie. But uh, my father said, uh, no, you're going to be a defenseman or forward. Uh, so I started to play as a forward. And I was watching Alex Ovechkin and all those guys who uh, love to score goals. I love to score too. Uh, it was like before a big tournament when you're 16 and back home in Sweden, the coach asked me, like, we need defensemen. So, and he, I said, yeah, I can play. And from there, I started to be a defenseman when I was 16 and forward. So, yeah, I was started as a forward and now I'm a defenseman. So who are you playing for at that point? Because I'm curious how it works uh, in Sweden. You know, here in America, you play AAA hockey and then maybe you go on and play junior. So when you're 16 years old and you make that position change, because that's, you know, that's pretty late to be making that change, right? I know it's doable and you've done it and become a pro, but that's that's pretty late to be making that change at 16 years old. So who are you playing for at that point? Uh, I was starting to play in like in Bjorklund in my home team. Uh, up to U16, you say, when you're 15, 14. And then we have a big tournament that's really called uh, TV Pucken. TV Puck uh, is like all from, uh, you can say, states back home in Sweden, like Westerbotten. Uh, the best players get the team and you play against other states in, uh, in Sweden. And all the school is watching you there, like SHL team schools. Uh, so... I, I moved from Umeå when I was 15 to uh, to Lulu. Uh, and then th- that was a big opportunity for me to go to SHL school and team there. And when you're 15, you start to do your own laundry, cooking your own food, you get your own apartment. So, but I liked it. So it's a big thing uh, to come in that tournament to get the opportunity to go to a good school and uh, good development. So the way it works then is you pretty much play for your hometown team. And then if you're good enough, you go to this big tournament 
and you kind of get scouted or selected there yeah. by an SHL team and then you join their program. So how did that work out for you? Are there different offers or there different places that you can go or is there one team that they pick you and that's where you have to go? How does that work? No, you can pick like different teams where, where you want to go. Or like, yeah, we can uh, like put them out. Like I want to come here and see how it looks, uh, how the school is. Uh, like I said, I was a defenseman pretty like just before the big tournament, so I didn't play so much actually that tournament. So I'm uh, very happy I got that offer from Louisville. Like it's a really good spot to be when you're young, yeah, practicing hard uh, and everything like that. Yeah. So I was kind of a light late bloomer there too. Like going from forward to defenseman into a big tournament, it was it was pretty pretty big back then. So who are the coaches at Lulia? When you go there, the SHL school, and you're learning, who are some of the coaches there? Do they have famous players that have played in the NHL from that program? Yeah, they have, back in Lulia, they have Holmstrom has playing in the, the SHL team. Uh, a lot of good players. Like You see, um, every SHL team has some NHL players who have been playing right now, has, has been playing in uh, and before, so... It was uh, one of the biggest things when you're a little kid in Sweden just to go to SHL school for the development and opportunities uh, that may come. So what's life like then? Are you doing hockey all the time? Is there some actual school? Because I know, you know, in schools in Sweden, you're learning English and things like that too, right? So I imagine you're going there and it's, uh, is it like a combination of you're going to high school and things like that? And then there's just hockey in your free time. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. So you have school every day and then you have hockey in the mornings uh, with the school and then you have with the team, Lulio. Uh, Lulio hockey was at the night. Uh, my last year there, I was missing a lot of school because I was practicing maybe all the time with the SHL team. Uh, so it was pretty hard to combine the school, and but they helped uh, the guys very well. I graduated out with economics, so I'm uh, thankful for that too. Uh, so I have that in my luggage. Oh, interesting. So explain it to me like this. So you're in the school there, you're in their program. And then if you're good enough, you can play for the pro team. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. That's how it works. Like if you are good enough and uh, they like it, they like how you play, then you can make them a, a lot of players to play in the channel right now. They have been pretty young to get the first SSL game when they were uh, 17, 18. Uh, so it's... Uh, it's a big opportunity to uh, like other people can see you. And uh, of course, for the drafts uh, when you're young in Sweden, that's a big thing. So tell me about living on your own then, because I'm sure it prepared you a lot for making this jump to North America, right? Or just being a pro in general. You talked about having to do your own laundry and cook your own food. And you have to be responsible with your own homework and everything like that from school. You're almost a, an adult. You have a job in going to school and then you have a job as a hockey player as well. So how much did that affect your life? And you mentioned being kind of a late bloomer. Was it that way off the ice too, or have you always been very mature and you were able to handle that change? I think I had it pretty good. Like yeah, now uh, it was a big thing when you're starting at that age, 15 to do all that stuff. Uh, I kind of feeling older than I am. Uh, so it's a good thing. Uh, like now I like to cook and I like to do stuff back home. So it was maybe a big change, maybe the first half year, but I had two bodies who moved me from Unio. So that was pretty good. Uh, you have two bodies you can always uh, talk to and chat with and help each other out. 
Yeah, I'm sure that made it much easier for you, right? Rather than being completely yeah. on your own in a new place. But tell me about your development, because you, you just said, you know, you were a late bloomer as a defenseman. You only became a defenseman when you were 16 years old. So did it take you some time when you were in school there to figure things out? Or did you kind of pick up the position right away? Yeah, it took a little bit of time in the beginning. Uh, I had a maybe a little different path from other players who go through the draft and they get picked in when they're younger. Uh, I didn't go to the draft. And uh, after the SHL school, I wanted to try something else. And I went to USHL here in America for like, I was uh, thinking about to go college. And I went to different classes and stuff like that. But uh, after four months, I moved back home to Sweden again. And I played Division One. It's like third league in Sweden. Uh, a lot of players are playing SHL or or higher are not playing Division One and make it all the way. So I have a different path from others. And like, always believe myself and all the guys and all the people who helped me along the way. Is I'm thankful for that. So it went pretty fast after that. It was like half year in Division One and then one year in Allsvenskan. And then I've been playing four years in SHL. So, and now I'm here uh, chasing the boys' dream. Yeah, that is amazing. So you pick up defense a little bit late, and then it took yeah. you a while to figure things out. But once you did, it's been an upward yeah, trajectory ever since. Right. Wow. That's am- I, I didn't know that about you. And tell me about that decision to come to the USHL. You played in Omaha, right? So yeah. that was a big chance. How did that work out that you decided to come over here? And how did you land in Omaha? And then from there, I assume you just didn't like it or it didn't quite work out for you there and you decided to go back or that was the best thing for your development, right? Yeah, it was uh, after uh, Lula school, I didn't even make the contract that other guys did in Lulio and like a rookie contract in SHL and I want to try something else. Uh, um, and then uh, my agent back then said, maybe USA, like the States would be a perfect, perfect match for you. And I would say, yeah, of course, that would be really fun and uh, explore that. And I went over here. I loved Omaha. I loved USHL. It was really good hockey. Um, I got traded to another team, and that was a big thing. I was 18 and first time in the States, and uh, uh, I was feeling like, should I go back or should I stay? It was a hard uh, decision for me, uh, but uh, now I think it was a good decision for me. I, I learned a lot as a player and myself, how I work by myself. Uh, when you get hard decisions to make and uh, when it didn't go well. Uh, and then I just choose to go back home and it did pretty good. Yeah, that's really interesting. So, I mean, in other words, you were just trying to keep the dream alive. You didn't get the contract in the SHL after you finished school there. Yeah. So you wanted to keep the dream alive by coming to America and potentially playing college hockey. And you get traded and you think about it and say, all right, maybe I want to go back home. And that's what you did. And it ended up working out because you ended up playing a long time in the SHL. And now, of course, you're here in North America chasing the NHL dream. At that point, had you talked to any colleges here in America and potentially thought about going anywhere? Or was it still too early in your time in the USHL that you hadn't done that yet? Yeah, I talked to some a few schools. Uh, yeah, every like maybe five, six schools, and uh, I did small, small classes too to do the SAT test and stuff like that. I really love the time here, and I learned, I learned like I said, I learned a lot uh, by myself and as a hockey player and uh, as a individual. 
Did you look at any guys who had, had taken that path before you? Gus Nyquist, for example, with the Blue Jackets organization, he came to America and played college hockey. Are there other guys in Sweden that have followed that path that you kind of looked at and said, maybe I can do that? Or, or were you just kind of doing this on your own with your agent's advice? You were saying, okay, this is the next step for me. Or were there guys who had kind of done that before and you said, okay, maybe I can make this work? I think I was, I didn't look so much on other plays, but I was thinking like I'm closer to, to people to see me, how I play uh, when I go over. And uh, I was kind of angry when I didn't make the SHL rookie contract like most of my buddies did, but I'd be always that guy I want to, practice hard and be better every day yeah so when I looking back it was maybe a good decision I went back home uh, and played division one it's not it's a it's a good league in Sweden uh, you ne may never heard about it but it's a third league and it's it's long trips it's uh, so but yeah it was a fun time of course yeah. So only two years after you were playing in the USHL, you were playing in the SHL. So you progressed that quickly and proved yourself yeah. that quickly. And, you know, I kind of take it you like to play with a chip on your shoulder, right? That you weren't the guy that got selected first. So you're playing with a chip on your shoulder and, and with something to prove. Just how happy were you when you got that first pro contract in Sweden? Let's see, you played with uh, Arebro first. Am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah. First first in Arebro. I played in Oskarshan. I had a great year with great teammates and the coach. Uh, got a lot of minutes. They trusted me and I developed a lot that year. And Yeah, it felt incredible, like a boy's dream. Going from Division 1 to make the SHL in two years, it was something special. Uh, keeping the dream alive. And I've always been looking for NHL. Uh, a lot of my bodies back home in Sweden got drafted and stuff like that. But just be around them and see what they're doing. And I want to be better than them and, and compete. So that uh, has been a big thing for me, uh, to be surrounded by bodies who got drafted in early age and have made the NHL too. So you've been waiting a long time for this opportunity then because you played quite a few seasons over in Sweden and you finally get your opportunity in North America. Had you had other chances to maybe sign with a pro organization or was the Blue Jackets approaching you and talking about a contract really your first chance to sign in North America? Yeah, Columbus was pretty early in uh, when I, would, I think it was 20 left games in Brynäs. Uh, they called me and I was like, wow. It feels incredible and like still playing your game and stuff like that. And it felt just incredible to get the first call. Uh, like I said, I've been waiting for this opportunity for a long time. And yeah, it feels, uh, it feels unreal. It's a boy's dream, my, my dream. So you knew right away that when the Blue Jackets called you that you wanted to take that next step and come to North America. There was no hesitation there whatsoever. No. Exactly. Like you said, uh, no hesitation at all. And I think I'm a good age too. I'm 24, turning 25. And being in pro in four, in four years in Sweden too, of course, it's a smaller rink here and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm learning that rink too every day now. All right. Now, before we get into some stuff about the Blue Jackets and coming to North America here, tell me about yourself as a player. For our fans that maybe aren't familiar with your game, What's your style? You're a big right shot defenseman. I know you have some offense to your game, but tell us, what's your style? What's your game? Big size defenseman who like to play hard in the defense zone, has a has a good first pass when I go into rush, uh, have a, has a good shot too uh, that I want to use. Uh, 
lately these two years I've been more a defensive guy uh, and then offense but I I want to be a defenseman the coach can trust in both ends and uh, like I said I have offense and uh, good defense so a solid two-way defenseman big body yeah. and like you talked about, exactly. you play with, play with a chip on your shoulder and you keep wanting to prove yourself. All right. Tell us about first you were at Blue Jackets development camp and then you got the taste of Blue Jackets training camp. What was that like for you to get your first taste of North American hockey? Was it anything different? Well, I guess not your first taste because you played in the USHL, but right. North American pro hockey. You know what I'm saying? What's right. uh, what's uh, what's been the difference between the North American style and what you're used to in Sweden? The big thing is go faster here, like north-south. Uh, you talk about going north here a lot. Uh, in Sweden, it's a bit of it. It goes pretty fast there too, but it's a bigger rink. You have more time with the puck and stuff. Here it goes faster. Uh, so that's the biggest thing, I think. Was that a bit of an adjustment for you? And are you happy that you had the opportunity at Blue Jackets Development Camp to really you know, play on the smaller ice ahead of your season this year? Yeah, yeah, that was a uh, that was uh, pretty big. I could do that, of course. Uh, it's like small adjustments, like small different things you need to adjust in your game as a defenseman too. Yeah, it's smaller, everything. So, and it goes faster too. But I like it very much, and I think uh, the smaller rink suits me well. Yeah, I was going to ask you: Do you think the smaller rink suits your game because you're a big guy and? Often they talk about the smaller rink with players like you who have reach and things like that. It benefits their game that you're able to close on offensive players a little bit quicker. And you've, you've found that to be the case. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It's uh, been, uh, I said, I said some to some of them about it. It feels a little bit uh, easier here when you're defenseman than back home because it's closer to the boards, like you said, and stuff like that. And maybe because of my reach too. Yeah, less ground to cover for you here in North America. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Uh, tell me about Blue Jackets training camp and the opportunity to play with NHL players. What was that like for you? Was it eye-opening? Were you a little bit starstruck at times, or did you feel like you belonged? Yeah, of course I'm starstruck. There's a lot of good players in Columbus Blue Jackets team. Uh, and my buddy, I'm buddy with uh, Adam Bukvist, Beamstrom I know from Sweden too. Uh, but, of course, I was starstruck. Uh, and uh, it was a fun time. It's uh, when you get there for the first time. And I could play two games, too, and I think it went pretty well. And uh, I just enjoy it, enjoy it every time. From that experience in training camp, do you feel like you're an even better player having gone through that? That's something that I'm always curious in. And, you know, some of the guys that go back to junior, some of the guys that are, that are in the American Hockey League, that opportunity to play NHL games against NHL caliber players or with NHL caliber players on the Blue Jackets, do you feel like that benefited your game and you're in a better place right now in Cleveland than you would have been without that experience? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Uh, they helped you a lot there, the guys, and uh, trying to learn trying to learn everything every day, new things. You learn uh, new things every day. So, yeah, it was a, it was a big thing. All right, Marcus, tell me how the season is going so far in the American Hockey League. I, you know, you've got pretty good numbers through your first 10 or so games with the Cleveland Monsters, five points in 10 games, couple goals, three assists. Uh, what's it been like up there in Cleveland? How are you enjoying yourself? I like it very much. Uh, it's a nice city. Like you said, you have stuff to do, too, and you have the football and NBA. And I think our team goes pretty well. I think we have five wins and five uh, losses uh, it's still early in the season and like we have a lot of good players uh, skillful players and we are offensive team so I like it very much uh, 
uh, can develop uh, uh, much here and uh, and being minutes too and the coaches uh, like it goes pretty well. Yeah, they're giving you a good opportunity there, and I think it's a fun team, right? There are some good veterans that have had NHL experience on that team, a guy like Brendan Gauntz, but there are also a lot of young players on that team and Blue Jackets prospects, whether it's, you know, Emil Bemstrom, who just got called up. Uh, Kirill Marchenko, I think, is a, a team yes. favorite there. I know you guys like him a lot. Uh, Jake Christensen. Who has been your D partner so far? Has it been Christensen? Yeah, I play with him. Uh, we have been rolling around a little bit, but Tristan and I've been playing with them, Bernie too, and uh, Knasko. So it's been a little bit different now. When Yerushek went up and uh, and Gabby went up too, so we've been rolling around uh, a little bit. All right, tell me about Trent Vogelhuber and the coaching staff there, because that's a unique uh, situation as well. He's a really, really young head coach, just about thirty years old. How have things gone there in the dressing room and? Are you guys a are you guys a close team yet? Because I know there are a lot of guys similar ages, and you guys get along well. Everything that I've heard out of Cleveland yeah. is that it's going really well. But how are you guys liking the room with him and everything? Oh yeah, it's going really good. Like we have a fun team, like you said, we are a lot of Europe's, and uh, we have, we have a fun time. Everybody in the locker room, and like you said, you know, young coach, uh, the coach, he knows. Uh, of course, we can be buddies in the in the locker room and stuff like that, and have fun. But when we come out on the ice, uh, practicing hard and compete on a high level and get better every day, uh, so it's a uh, it's uh, really good. All right, tell me about Marchenko because everybody that comes up has good stories about Kirill Marchenko. I've heard about I've heard about the situation on the power play where he kept some guys out there after practice one day and drew up a play on the power play and it worked the first time that you guys used it and the coaches gave him. Gave him the card after that and said, "All right, Kirill, you're in charge." So is that is he already a, a teammate favorite and everybody's favorite teammate early on? Oh yeah, of course. We have a lot of uh, fun uh, with everybody in the team. Uh, we have a fun team and everybody's uh, want to develop and uh, be better. So it's really fun to have that. Uh, like after practice, everybody stays at least twenty minutes and want to be better. So and uh, yeah. All right. Well, that's great to hear. And I'm glad that you guys are having fun up there. And it's great for the Blue Jackets organization to have a good team in the American Hockey League. And and you guys are pushing the NHL players up here as well, which that's that's only going to be good for everybody. Before we finish up, I want to ask you a little bit about yourself away from the ice. What are some of the things that you like to do in your free time? You know, you're you're in North America now. You're in Cleveland. You mentioned you like to cook. But do you like movies? Do you like music? Do you like watching TV, reading books? What are you doing when you're away from the rink? Like watching TV shows, I love music. I always listen to music every every sing, every time I can get. Uh, yesterday, uh, uh, some of us went to the zoo, uh, and it was a fun time. Great weather outside. Uh, we have the NBA too. We can watch and stuff like that. So, yeah, I like to get busy on uh, when I when I have time to to do stuff with the teammates. And uh, of course, sometimes you need to rest and get a nap or something, but. Yeah, like to do stuff. What's your favorite sport outside of hockey? Oh, I would say soccer. Soccer, who's your team? Manchester City. All right, Manchester City, but you're an NBA guy, so you're liking being in Cleveland and the opportunity to go to some NBA games as well? Yeah, I think all the guys like that, uh, especially when we have a day off or something, it's uh, perfect uh, to go watch some uh, basketball. 
Yeah, that's a really unique experience that you don't get in a lot of AHL cities, the opportunity to go to some big time sporting events in Cleveland, which is really, really cool. Uh, you mentioned your love of music. What's your favorite type of music to listen to? I can listen to everything, but I would say house music is a big thing in Sweden, too, like the yeah, house. Uh, and But I can listen to uh, rock and roll and uh, hip hop and everything. Do you have a favorite DJ that you like? Uh, Swedish Off Mafia, of okay. course. <laughs> All right. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Uh, what about TV right now? What are you watching on TV? Uh, I'm watching Ozark, actually. Okay. What season are you on? Season two. Oh, so you just got into it, huh? Yeah. All yeah, right. I was asking the boys because I've been watching a lot of TV shows and uh, Billy Sweezy, he knows a lot of TV shows and movies. So I was asking him and he didn't say, what? I mean, watch that. So, yeah, I like it. It's a good TV show. All right, good. Have you watched uh, Game of Thrones and all that type of stuff or no? Yeah, Game of Thrones I watched three times. So, Oh, no. Have you watched House of Dragon yet? I'm waiting. Oh. I'm, uh, oh. I hate when you need to wait like every week for a new episode. So I'm trying to stay alone that one so all I right. can watch well, everything later. It's done now. So you're good to go and watch that whenever you're done with Ozark. I highly recommend yeah. it. I think if you liked Game of Thrones and watched Game of Thrones three times, I think you'll like uh, House of Dragon a lot. It's really good. Yeah, I need to give you a shot. All right. Tell me about yourself as a cook. You mentioned uh, you had to you had to grow up fast over there in Sweden and learn to cook for yourself. So is that something that you take pretty seriously and like cooking now? Yeah, exactly. And like I said, you have a lot of time after practice and stuff like that to do things. And I like I like to cook. So one to two hours in the kitchen, it's uh, just fun to have something to do and uh, have the guys over for dinner and stuff like that. Uh, of course, it's. It's only fun to see uh, people happy when they eat my meal. What's your signature dish? What do you like to cook? It depends. It depends on what day and stuff like that. If it's uh, if it's my family or is it uh, friends over or it depends. But something nice pasta and stuff like that, of course, always works. And uh, of course, you have some meats and uh, yeah, I can. It's many different things. All right. Tell me about uh, your off-season training. Is there anybody specific that you train with that we would know, whether they're minor league hockey player or pro hockey players? You do it back over at home in, in Sweden, I assume, but who are you skating with and what does your off-season look like? Yeah, I was practicing a lot with William Nylander and Alex Nylander this summer. Uh, and uh, a lot of guys uh, back home in Sweden, we have a lot of guys in Stockholm who's practicing together and uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Compete level is high and everyone gets better there too. And starting to practice with those guys like William Nylander is a it's a huge thing. Like he's one of the best forwards in the in the league and best forward in the Sweden right now. So uh, yeah, that's some of the buy. And uh, back home in Umeå when I'm there, I call Grandstrom. He plays in LA Kings. We we practicing a lot together when I'm back home in Umeå. So uh, your home in Sweden's in Stockholm. No, it's Umeå from the okay. in up north Sweden, but spend a lot of time in Stockholm because of the ice and everything they have there in the summer. And a lot of NHL guys is practicing together, so it's fun. All right, understood. What's that city like? Because we, of course, just got back from Helsinki and Tampere in, in Finland, yeah. but I've heard Stockholm's amazing. The Blue Jackets were there a few years ago now, but what's Stockholm like? It's a beautiful city. Yeah, a lot of bumping is a lot of people there. Yeah. You 
you have everything there. Uh, what you want to do if you want to have a nice walk you're right in the middle of the city it's beautiful and you have everything you want to do and uh, like Helsinki but bigger than Helsinki all right Marcus last thing I got for you here and I really appreciate the time it's been great getting yeah. to know you what are some of the things that the Blue Jackets have told you to work on as this season goes on what are some of the things that you need to do a little bit better that you want to do better yourself to make it to the National Hockey League um Play harder. I want to play harder uh, every day, and starting to learn the ring, like the small ring too. I think that was a big thing for me, going from the big ring to the small ring, uh, and it helping me a lot here in Cleveland. Uh, that I've been developed uh, like every game and every practice, um, and and uh, be a little bit faster on the skates too. Like I'm, I'm big size to be, but the game goes faster today. So that was the. Some things I want to be better on every day, and that's going to make me maybe play in the NHL in the future. All right, Marcus. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. It was great getting yeah, to know you. Is. Good luck this week and this weekend with the Monsters, and good luck the rest of this season. Hopefully, I get to see you in Columbus sooner yeah. than later. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. That's always the best, isn't it? Learning about a prospect, or in this case specifically a Blue Jackets prospect, that you don't know a whole lot about. Somebody that there's not a lot of hype around. I really enjoyed that about this conversation with Marcus Bjork. I felt like it was very raw. I was learning about him on the spot. You know, obviously I go into the conversation with some notes about a guy or maybe some specific questions that I want to ask based off of stuff in his past, but Marcus Bjork... I mean, I was learning about him as we went there, and I hope that came through in the interview. And that's a guy that I really liked getting to know, and now a player that I'm going to be rooting for. You know, I was watching what Marcus Bjork and the Monsters were doing in their first 10 games this season. Now I have a rooting interest in Marcus Bjork, and that's what I love about doing this podcast. I feel like I get to know these players a little bit earlier than they get to Columbus, and everybody else gets to know them. And that's why I want to do this podcast and bring it to Blue Jackets fans so you guys feel that way as well. That's going to do it for the Pipeline podcast. Again, got to say thank you to Marcus Bjork for taking his time. That was very, very generous. We talked for 30 minutes there. I know he's a busy guy between games and practice up in Cleveland, so really appreciate him taking that time and giving us a A nice, honest interview, a guy that we're all rooting for now, right? As he continues to push towards that dream of playing in the National Hockey League, that dream that he's never given up on. So again, huge thanks to Marcus Bjork. And as always, thank you for joining me on the Pipeline Podcast. You are why I do it, and I will talk to you very soon.